Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast. In this episode, I talk about my recent trip to LA to meet with some of my industry contacts, and we look at the new MSI X99A Gaming 7 motherboard. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McCain. Darren, so before we get started, I wanted to mention to our listeners that the Hardware Asylum Podcast is available on iTunes. That's right. And if you have an iTunes account, please go to our page on iTunes.com and give us a, uh, a comment. We'd love to have your votes, your comments, and your support. Dennis, it's that time of year here at Hardware Asylum where I know it's traveling time. Mm-hmm. And you've been taking some trips. I've seen some of your articles, but I know, at least on your last trip, that you visited quite a few places we haven't yet seen. So I thought it might be fun to walk through it. Right. Okay. So uh, around the middle of April, I took a quick uh, two-day vacation down to LA from Boise, Idaho, which is a couple hours by plane, right? Right. So right out of the airport, I, uh, I met with my contact at Price Grabber. Oh, price grabber. Interesting. Yeah. So that was just more of a, a business meeting. We are working on a, a new section for the website. Oh, very exciting. Yeah. Which will be about builds. Oh, now everybody's doing builds, it seems like. So what are we going to do? Oh, kind of the same, but uh, I'm going to take it up to probably level 12 in a couple <laughs> of It's going to be really fun. And part of the price grabber partnership is so that we can get some real-time shopping in there and get some real prices. Well, look at that. So you'll be able to look at builds, but actually see what the parts cost for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the ones that are available to for easy purchase, I should say. Yeah, well, Price Grabber certainly is one of the places that I go when I'm shopping for products. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued by the partnership. Yeah, so uh, look for that sometime probably middle of May when, well, not middle of May, but maybe June when I get back from my next trip. Your next trip. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So you started with Price Grabber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I roll on over to see my friends at Gigabyte. You know, I can't go to LA without seeing my friends at Gigabyte. I'm sure everyone's aware that we're huge Gigabyte fans here. And uh, so I rolled around their offices and took a few pictures. But um, the funny thing about when you talk to, you know, these uh, Taiwan manufacturers that have offices in the US is that there's nothing interesting in their building. Not at all? Well, and the reason being that they think that is because it's basically a warehouse with an office attached, and they happen to do marketing and sales out of that office. Well, I took some pictures. You know, the office looked great. There was a really good sign that I posted on the Facebook page, and then I got a tour around the um, the warehouse. It's kind of hard for me to describe, okay. but we're, we're talking like uh, three... Well, those big industrial um, shelvings, you know, the super, oh, super sure. heavy-duty like ones. the Home Depot-y sort of things? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit beefer, but there was three levels of those completely full of boxes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, motherboards, video cards, cases, ca- um, keyboards, my, anything that Gigabyte sells. Well, they sell a lot these days. Yeah. So, the U.S. office is basically a distribution center, so they get items in from China and Taiwan, and then they redistribute them to all of the resellers in the States. It might be Newegg, might be Tiger Direct, it might be some mom and pop shop in Ohio, you know, stuff like that. So what size warehouse are we talking about? Probably about maybe half a Costco. Oh, wow. So that is pretty good size. Yeah. It's a, it's not a small place. And, um, you know, if you talk to the people that work there, it's basically just come to work, do your job, and then go home. 
So that's why they think it's kind of boring. Well, sure. For me, I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of fun. You know, I could drive forklift around. (laughs) Um, But one of the other little side things that they do is they have an RMA uh, return center. Oh, yeah. So while we might buy a Gigabyte motherboard from Newegg, and if we have a problem with it, we send it back to Newegg for replacement or RMA. Newegg will actually take that product and then ship it off to Gigabyte for either replacement or whatever they're going to do with it. They bring over technicians that actually worked on the product from Taiwan to do the RMA revalidation. So they'll pull the board out, determine what's wrong with it, and whether or not it can be fixed. And all this is down in California, huh? Yeah, all this is right at the Gigabyte offices. It's um, one of those little things where, you know, you walk through and it's an actual tech lab. So there's boxes everywhere. There's little static bags all over the place. And, you know, there's a couple of guys just sitting there working, working away. I guess I got to ask, did you see any cool upcoming products? No, not so much. Believe it or not, the NDA new stuff never uh-huh. really makes it to the U.S. because it's all being validated and qualified in China and Taiwan. Well, I guess you'll have to take a trip that direction to see the new stuff, right? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, and that's up and coming. So Gigabyte Warehouse sounds interesting. I'm, I'm excited to know that they do the RMAs locally because that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Where'd you head next? After that, I went to, uh, actually spent a, a good portion of that day at CyberPower PC. Excellent. Now, I think this is one of those that you posted an article for. Mm-hmm. So you guys can check that out. There are some great pictures out on the Hardware Asylum website. Yeah, we'll put a, a link in the show notes, obviously. Perfect. But tell us about the visit. It sounds like you spent a lot of time there. I did. So CyberPower PC, if you have, if you don't really know, they build uh, custom gaming computers and also office computers. And say Darren comes to being, wants a gaming PC, then I say, okay, well, what's your budget? And we kind of put a system together. CyberPower PC does the same thing. You go to their website and you fill out, you say, well, I want to pick this particular build that's based on a Core i5, and I want to upgrade the video card and add a two terabyte hard drive. When you're done, it gives you a price. You pay with a credit card. It goes through the CyberPower PC database. It gets validated by three people. First one is finance. Second one is um, just a tech guy that makes sure that all the components that are on the list are compatible. (laughs) Well, I hope so. And then the next guy is in the warehouse who goes around and actually he's the parts picker. So he goes and grabs something off the warehouse shelf and uh, brings it over to the line, puts them in milk crates of all things. Interesting. I'm visualizing a conveyor belt full of milk crates, full of all kinds of fun goodies. Yeah, there's a picture of that on the website, obviously. So there's two colors of milk crates. I should mention this. There's um, a red one and a gray one. And the red ones are rush orders. So when you order your PC from CyberPower PC, you can put a rush on it. And if a rush makes it to the line, it goes into a red crate. And the technicians that are building the PCs can't leave until all the red crates are gone. Oh, that's an interesting system. And it's kind of nice because I've often wondered if when I pay for rush processing, if that actually even makes a difference. I always associate rush processing as like, well, I want this product shipped fast or something like that, but not necessarily built fast. Well, that makes sense because there's a lot of building and testing involved in putting together a custom PC. Mm -hmm. As the system goes down, one technician builds the entire PC and you have uh, two basic lines. There's like the OEM builds, which are the same thing over and over and over again, which I would think is kind of boring. And then you have the custom builds, which might be... um, completely custom ground up sort of builds or somebody ordered one of their stock systems and changed the video card 
Oh, yeah. Well, you can get all the way up to the quad gaming systems there, can't you? Yeah, you can do four-way SLI if you really wanted to pay the money. You can do four-way raids and stuff like that. So, But then once the system is built, it goes into the uh, the test lab, sort of the burn table is what they called it. Uh, they power up the system and hook it into the network, pull down the Windows 8.1 OS that's on there, and then brand it as a CyberPower PC machine. Goes off to fulfillment, gets put into a box, labels get slapped on it, and it promptly goes on to a tractor trailer and... Out the door it goes. Out the door. My contact there said that they fill three of those a week with systems that go out. The trailers. Well, I would have never imagined there's that much business, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners out there, I should point out that it may seem unusual to have a site like ours affiliated in any way with a custom boutique builder like CyberPower. But we actually find that they have been a really good partner, not only on supplying cool machines, but as a source of kind of cool technology as it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of technology, the um, the tech room, which is where they Genesis systems, they also do quality assurance validation. So they were testing the new Intel SSD, the PCI Express one. Nice. They were testing that with Windows 10 to do uh, sort of an OEM validation process. Wow. But then also checking compatibility with the motherboards that they sell to make sure that that SSD would work with all those. See, now that would totally be a great job. Get to put the new toys together and make sure they play nice. Yeah, they were playing around with two of those in one system and then doing a software raid. Oh, I don't remember the actual numbers, but it was higher than anything I'd ever seen before. <laughs> I, I bet. They also looked at the uh, the Acerock Mini ITX X99 system, which is kind of a kind of a pointless computer, to be honest. But I guess if you need to have eight cores of processing power in a super small computer, it'd be okay. But they found that uh, the system wouldn't go to sleep and then wake back up unless a certain resistor on the board got knocked off. How bizarre is that? And that just shows you what level of testing they do. Yeah, and well, this when they sell a product like that, they want to make sure that it works. And if there's a problem with it, you know, somebody can call their 24-7 tech support line and get answers. Now, I think I saw some pictures that the tech support is local also, is it not? It's on-site, 24-7, 365. I have found that that's that so rare to get actually a warm body that's in the United States for tech support. Yeah, it's terrible when you have to call like Dell, for instance, and you get into India, and then if you stump them, then they send you off to the U.S. guys. Well, at CyberPower, they have all the testing notes for every one of the products that they have that has gone through the validation so that when there's a problem somebody calls in, then they can pull up those notes and go down the list to find out what might be wrong with it. Very interesting. And another probably intriguing job also. Well, I've got to ask again at CyberPower, did you see any fancy new upcoming builds? I did. There was um, a new mini ITX gaming system, or maybe it was micro ATX. They just brought out a box and they showed it to me. Hey, this (laughs) is like one of our new systems we're putting together. And it was a very compact gaming rig. Awesome case. I really like the case. And they put lights in there. And, you know, they had to dish it up a little bit. And then they also showed me a um, a pre- pre-release, pre you know, total NDA. So I can't really say much more than what's in the pictures. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, those ultra-wide LG monitors, right, that Ooh, are kind of curved yeah. displays. You know I've been looking at those. It's got G-Sync in there. Super high resolution. They have a, a new system coming out that uses that monitor. Ooh. It's like. I'm going to say it's kind of custom built for it. So well, I've noticed that there's a huge trend moving forward towards 4K monitors, which maybe is a little too soon. 
And these ultra-wide monitors in the 21.9, 21.10 aspect ratios for gaming. Mm-hmm. And I've really had my eye on these. So it's nice to see the boutique builders have taken notice. Yeah, that is um, the next big thing, really. You know, I have two 24 inches on my desktop. And when I first put them there, I felt like I was playing tennis or watching tennis, as you say. You had a screen on one side and a screen on the other. And I was like looking back and forth. <laughs> I had to physically turn my head to see both screens. And that's the way I felt messing around with this ultra-wide LG monitor. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can come up with that. Well, we may have to talk more about that because I know that if you're looking straight at a monitor somewhere between 32 and 36 inches, depending on your eyes and the shape of your head, is where you reach that, quote, total immersion, where you can't see the edges in the monitors. And I think that's why this has become such an intriguing space to grow in. Let's face it, 4K is expensive and there's not a lot driving it. But the ultra-wides... Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, exactly. Well, where else have you go? I see CyberPower was the rest of that day, so I'm guessing the next day you started again. I did. It was um, kind of a haphazard meeting. <laughs> At Computex a couple of years ago, I met with uh, Vu Lam. I believe that is his proper pronunciation for his name. But he was the, the guy that started Newegg TV. Oh, okay. So he was the one that would dish out all the video content and whatnot. So they were there covering the show with Paul from Paul's Hardware. And we met at a, a, one of the after parties and say, hey, yeah, you did the introductions. And it's like, you know, I'm an overclocker. I do podcast, hardware science podcast, gave him my card and everything. Say, yeah. And he asked me where I live. And I go, well, I'm in Boise, Idaho. And say, well, that's kind of far away. And it's like, well, if you're ever in LA, look me up and come on by. Maybe we can work together. So I, when I was in LA, I uh, sent him an email saying, hey, I'm in, I'm in town. And he um, put me in contact with Steve, who is the guy that was their TV personality or their latest TV personality. Okay, right. We just kind of set up a, a quick half hour, 45 minute. Oh, you know, I think I saw a picture of this on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If you're not following the Facebook, you miss out on some of this behind the scenes stuff. But that was those new egg pictures then. Yeah. Well, there was a couple of those, I guess. Uh, I didn't get to take a lot of pictures because... Uh, it turns out you need a special pass if you want to get into the New Egg warehouse. Oh, interesting. And the room that I walked through was the um, kind of the call center ordering center. That's got to be a busy place. Yeah. Well, there was a few people staring at me as I walked it through. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, kind of, there was a lot of people there. That was the thing that was really amazing was that, you know, New Egg was as big as it was. Oh, yeah. And it turns out that the building they were in currently was one of the newer ones. And before that, they were split across three different buildings all over City of Industry. So they've kind of somewhat consolidated. I don't know. It's it's a big operation, that's for sure. I guess. Now, you went specific for the New Egg TV. Is there something we can look forward to on that angle, maybe? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. It was more or less, I wanted to see kind of behind the scenes of how they did their their YouTube Twitch stuff. Oh, right. So, and it really is nothing more than, you know, a camera and a nice backdrop, a couple of powerful PCs and somebody that writes a script. So, you know, it was pretty simple. I also asked the, the question of like, well, it's Newegg TV. Why didn't you push more of the people to go to Newegg to buy the stuff <laughs> that you're talking about? And they go, well, we didn't want to make it so much of a Newegg face as a Newegg association. Oh, okay. So not a not a sales arm per se. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, us here saying, "Well, you should go check out this review on HardwareAsylum.com." Say, "Oh, well, we talked about that on Hardware," you know, something like that. It kind of gets old after a while, so really, you huh? you need to kind of keep it fresh. And 
so far it worked. Uh, unfortunately, they've had some um, some people leave. You know, Paul from Paul's Hardware decided to go off and do his own thing. Um, there was a couple of other personalities that have all kind of moved on to do their own thing. So they are um, rebuilding the show, is what they tell me. Yeah, well, that makes sense because that's a market that's really shown tremendous growth. And, you know, maybe we can actually be on there. <laughs> One of these days. Maybe. Who knows? Well, New Egg TV, not what I first think about when I think about New Egg. So I'll have to check that out a little further. Mm-hmm. What was next on the trip? Uh, let's see, MSI. The interesting thing about City of Industry is that everybody is pretty much right next to everybody. Small neighborhood. Yeah. So Gigabyte um, up the street, kind of on the corner of like one of the major streets in, you know, this industrial park. You drive down the street and New Egg TV is on the kind of the same side, just not more than a half a mile away. MSI is right around the corner. You could see them from the parking lot. Wow, I think between the two, you would have stuffed something good in your bag, right? Well, I would hope. Ah, but if only. It didn't work out that way. So, But yeah, my next meeting was with uh, my contact at MSI, who showed me uh, some of the stuff that they were showing at CES that I missed because I had scheduling conflict. So this is another article then I think I've seen, right? Yeah, there's a quick little article about it. First, they uh, were talking about their new direction for the motherboards and the Karat, I believe, is the name of the board. Oh, okay. Yeah, that super fancy gaming board that is all black with a couple of white accents oh, on there. yeah, that is a sexy board. Yeah. They, there was a lot of success for that, and they are kind of tuning their high-end lines to follow that more. So there's not going to be a lot of color on the boards anymore. As you can see from the picture in the article, we have an X99 board that's completely black. Beautiful, too, I tell you. Yeah, it's going to be extremely difficult to photograph, but... Isn't <laughs> that the truth? Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but the main thing they want to show me was the QB. Oh, okay, so that is a new product. That is a new product. It is basically a, a Nook, the new... Now, Nook, that's like a little e-reader, right? No, no, that's um, it's a new Intel push, so it's all these uh, little segmented... Parts that go together to create an ultra-small computer. Yeah, I got it. So this is kind of trying to compete with the little... Bricks. Bricks and, yeah, even to some extent the Raspberry Pis and stuff. Just the little tiny, you know, living room systems. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, Well, and you also have the Z-Box, which is a little bit different. This particular device is Broadwell-based. It comes with a Core i3, either a Pentium or a Celeron of the embedded Broadwell chip. So these are the mobile chips. Small form factor. It's a very small little chiclet sort of computer. Full sure. full function. You can put in a couple of laptop style memory modules in there. Right. You have a spot for M.2 SATA. And then if you want to add additional storage, you can add a 2.5 inch laptop SSD in a module that attaches to the bottom of it to make it a little bit taller. Very interesting. Now, does it support external storage too? Do you know? Well, it's got the USB, so oh, okay. you huh? can do it that way. It has wireless Ethernet, uh, USB 3.0, as I mentioned, VESA mounting, so you can mount this to the back of any VESA monitor. Oh, I could totally see you turning this into a like a smart TV adapter, maybe. Mm-hmm. You could do that, or uh, a lot of people that buy these are for signage. So if you have a hotel lobby and you want to have like the dinner menu and oh, other stuff going, yeah, you pack this guy to the back of that television, and it's its own self-contained uh, sign control. And it's a cute little box. It could be fun to play with, too. I talked to him about trying it out as a a potential podcast recording system. Some people might know this or not. We use Audacity to record the podcast. 
and whenever you're doing a filter in Audacity, it's not necessarily using CPU horsepower, but it's basically all IO. So as you are doing um, like the compressor that we use to level out the audio levels, it's load something in the memory, run a process, save it to disk. And it's that over and over and over again. These little Broadwell systems have USB 3, SATA 6, so it will be extremely fast. Yeah, and small. I'm looking at the dimensions now in the article, and that thing is tiny. Yeah, it's dinky small. I didn't really put anything in the pictures for scale, but I do have the box in the background. Well, definitely an interesting product and not something I would expect from MSI. So it's interesting to see them branching out even more than we expected. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely looking forward to checking out those new motherboards. Oh, yeah, so am I. But I see that that wasn't your last stop that day. No, we had a couple more. You can't go into L.A. without visiting EVGA. They are down in Brea, California. Another favorite here around the labs. Something that I didn't know, which, you know, anyone that's lived in California knows this, there's a lot of pump jacks all over the place. Oh, really? There's oil in California. I did not really think about that, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, so uh, Brea is, I believe that's where the the La Brea tar pits are. Oh, yeah. I didn't put two and two together (laughs) until I got there. I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is where they're at. I don't know. But yeah, so EVGA, it's uh, in Brea, California. It's pretty much like a super upscale version of like Chino. Okay. California, which is kind of, for us in the Boise region, it's a park center area. Yeah, so you're talking, uh, you know. The affluent section, maybe, of town. Well, you know, it's a long ways from home. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, at EVGA, we just basically sat down and talked about um, past products, some of the new products. I sat down in their podcast room where they do their weekly um, EVGA podcast. It's a video podcast they do on Twitch. (laughs) Come to find out, they give away a lot of stuff on their podcasts. Oh, good to know. I was sitting next to a huge pile of... uh, computer hardware and there was a couple of titan z's in there What for a podcast yeah i'm totally tuning in <laughs> some motherboards and stuff and i go what's all this over here like, well that's unclaimed gear no serious people sign up for these giveaways and they win them but then they never answer their email because they figure oh well i have to enter this giveaway i'm going to give away my junk address and then they never check it how funny it was kind of fun uh but yeah we talked about some of the um upcoming refreshes they have some of the new um motherboards that are coming out and right. talked a little bit about video cards, but um, believe it or not, they are very tight-lipped about what comes out in the video card segment, but not so much on the motherboard side. Now, that's interesting. I would think that they would have at least as much competition. So what can we look forward to from EVGA? Anything specific? Nothing specific, but expect a few refreshes and, um, you know, just basic NVIDIA product that's coming out. No, I believe it. I'm sure they're at the... Uh the beck and call, if you will, of the Intel and AMD folks when it comes to refreshes. Well, not so much AMD, but yeah, Intel. Yeah. Well, just the whole cycle of graphic cards and and chipsets in general. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So what was next on your trip? Oh, let's see. I met with um, some friends at Zotac. Oh, very nice. Now, Zotac's been on my radar for quite a while, but we haven't seen a lot of their product. I, I know it's not in a lot of stores locally. Not so much. I mean, you can go to Best Buy here and get a, a GT730, which All is right. like a pretty low-end um, NVIDIA chip. But yeah, in terms of buying actual Zotac product, it's not so much. 
Well, but that's a shame because their product, a lot of it is really pretty impressive and wins tons of awards. Mm-hmm. It does all over the world, just not so much here. Well, hopefully that changes. Yeah, we can hope. Uh, but yeah, Zotac itself, uh, the office is a lot like uh, Gigabyte. It's a little bit smaller, though. They do have a warehouse. It's a little bit smaller. There's not as much product in there. But again, they don't handle a lot of volume within the U.S. And some of that stuff comes in and then it gets shipped out and then that's it. It's kind of also how they handle review samples. So Interesting. One reason why we don't see too many Zotac products hitting uh, certain websites. Well, hopefully as their presence grows, we'll get a chance to look at some of their products here. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, terrific. Well, where else did you go? Well, that was actually the last of the business trips, I should say. Well, but that's, uh, a, that's a pretty packed two days, though. Oh, yeah. That, I was all over the place. <laughs> I used up the whole tank of gas in my little rental car. I got in trouble when I returned oh, it. Oh, no. But yeah, I had um, a, a good friend of mine who works at Custom PC Review. I met him at uh, Computex a couple of years ago, and then every year at CES, Sam Chin. Hey, okay. So I'm going to say hi to Sam. Thanks for hanging out with me. We uh, had a blast. We went out and actually had some burgers and beer and kind of talked about the nature of hardware review and Very you know, nice. kind of life in California. I think people sometimes think that review sites are in heavy competition, and where that's sometimes true, it's also kind of a tight-knit community. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows everybody. You know, I go into... <laughs> this is kind of funny, because uh, as Darren knows, I, I get out, but not very often. <laughs> right. You know, people know who I am, but I'm like, um, do I know you? So, but as I go to Computex and I go to CES, people recognize me because we're all at the same events, you know, and now I can just walk in and I may not actually RSVP for a party, but when I show up at the door and say, oh, hey, Dennis, come on in. And then I get waved in. So it's good to be connected. That's true. And that's a big side effect of being around for as long as we have been. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll be around for a few more years. Well, it sounds like a very solid trip and a lot of interesting things to look forward to here at the Hardware Asylum site. So check out those articles and reviews, and I'm sure there's more to come. Thanks, Dennis. Dennis, I know we just spent some time talking about your California trip, and one of the companies you talked about was MSI. And I can't help but keep my eyes on this beautiful MSI motherboard that you've got on the bench here. It looks like it's the X99A Gaming 7 motherboard. Yes, and this is a board that I have been reviewing, and by the time you listen to this podcast, it might be live. Well, I know that you were talking about some of the changes you saw on the trip. And now that I've got this beautiful gaming motherboard in front of me, I thought it would be a good opportunity to look at them in a little more detail. Okay. So the board that you see right now is one of the older styles. So you have the gaming red and black. And this is uh, something they established a couple of years ago where you had the overclocking boards that were yellow and black. And then the mainstream boards, were which were blue and black. And that was beyond the colors on the heat sinks here. I mean, the keystones for the network, right. and the USB, those all color matched. And it pulled the entire theme together. Well, I know we were big fans of that, not just because red and black look so good on a motherboard, Mm -hmm. but because it made it so easy at a glance to see what you were looking at in a motherboard and what it was capable of. Right. MSI also segmented these boards based off of uh, not necessarily color, but also quality. So the overclocking boards were designed to push the process or push the memory and some better than the others. But the gamings were designed to, you know, they added a sound chip. They added the killer nick. They never really focused much on overclocking on the gaming side. There was mostly um, connectivity and 
quality of, of those connections. Well, now this is a pretty fully loaded motherboard, but it is a gaming board. Mm-hmm. How does that stack up in the future? Is this uh, going to get the all-black treatment, this type of board? That is the plan that I heard from MSI. They are moving away from the, the color segmentation, so it's going to be probably by name. A lot of the boards will kind of follow that karat sort of you know, white and black sort of color scheme, but they're going to be all black. It will save a lot of cost on these keystones because right. they have just a solid color at that point. Well, and it would cross all the lines, right? So they only need to buy the parts once, so that's easy for binning. Yeah, and these heat sinks, let's face it, once you get the board in your system, you install a heat sink, you can install video cards. The, the MCP chip down here at the South Bridge you're not going to see that chip. So it doesn't matter if there's any color or logos on oh, it. Oh, no, come on. I color code some of my builds. Well, in, in, the, in the Americas, you know, we go out to Newegg and we buy a, a motherboard. We don't necessarily buy it based off of what it looks like on the shelf because yeah, we can't see it true. on the shelf. In the Asian markets, they still have these shops that you go to and they have the boards sitting on the box. They're all wrapped in plastic and you can see exactly what it looks like. And a lot of the purchases are made on visual appeal. You know, Soltec, 10 years ago when I was reviewing those boards, they had stickers all over the board to explain the different features. And that was to help sell the product when it was on the shelf. Oh, and they made some pretty boards too. Very successful. I missed some of that. So all that's all nice and dandy, but it is a gaming series. So how does it perform? I'm going to say it performs extremely well. In the benchmarks uh, that I've seen, you know, it has good audio quality. It has average performance, but the performance is based off of the CPU and the memory, not necessarily the motherboard interaction, so to speak. Okay, now is that a chipset or is that just because of the build? That's partially because of the build. Um, The CPUs now, they have the memory controller, they have the PCI controller. It's all on board. So when you buy the chip, that pretty much dictates the, the performance, the raw performance of the motherboard. It's a matter of how these PCI Express slots interact with the CPU and how the the audio control Phi, the Phi chip that interfaces that. That's the quality of the audio and the quality of the network. That's what's on the motherboard. So in terms of performance, extremely good. I was able to overclock this thing with 3.5 megahertz Uncore, which is something that you're not supposed to be able to do on X99. Ooh. And that was without a lot of extra voltage. Um, you know, overclocking the CPU, 4 gigahertz, 4.5 gigahertz, extremely easy to do. And that didn't require a lot of extra voltage on top of what I already knew the CPU needed to do. Uh, it supports the HyperX 3000 megahertz uh, Predator memory modules, which is something that a lot, some of these other motherboards I've tested don't do. Right. It has a lot of compatibility. It has a lot of overclockability which is something that a gaming motherboard doesn't necessarily need, but this board has. Yeah, that's definitely refreshing. I know in the past we've kind of shunned the gaming motherboards because they've been so locked down compared to the overclocking-specific motherboards, which generally aren't full-featured boards like these. Right. Well, and one thing that I especially like about this board that some overclocking motherboards don't have, if you look around the CPU socket, you see these little posts right here. This is where the, the heatsink attaches. Okay. On there's two styles of socket. There's one that has these posts that are on the surface of the PCB on the processor side. And then there's this one that has the back plate that passes through the PCB to attach the heatsink. This one passes through the PCB. So 
you can put a lot of pressure on this and not warp the board at all. Very impressive. Which is something that, you know, they pay extra to do that kind of a socket. And this is a gaming board. You know, that's not something that they have to do. And I really like it. Well, very high praise for a gaming edition card. And I know this X90, X99A Gaming 7 motherboard has been getting a lot of praise in the market as well. So I can't wait to see the review. So hopefully by the time you hear this or shortly thereafter, you'll be able to read about this and we'll link to it in the show notes. And I, for one, am looking forward to having this border one like it in my next build. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS. Follow us on Google or like us on Facebook. This has been an Engineering Production, copyright 2015. Thanks for listening.